Welcome to the audio podcast of Believer's House. We are a multi-generational, multi-ethnic church in the city of Halifax, Nova Scotia, called to lead people to Jesus, make them more like Him, and see them lead others to Him. We hope this message you are about to listen to inspires you to become more like Jesus in your thoughts, words, and actions. John chapter number 6. John chapter 6 from verse 15. I will read all the way to verse 25. John chapter 6 from verse 15 to 25. Here is what it says. Therefore, when Jesus perceived that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, he departed again to the mountain by himself alone. Now, when evening came, his disciples went down to the sea, got into the boat, and went over the sea towards Capernaum. And it was already dark, and Jesus had not come to them. Then the sea arose because a great wind was blowing. So when they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea and drawing near the boat, and they were afraid. But he said to them, It is I, do not be afraid. Then they willingly received him into the boat, and immediately, somebody say immediately, the boat was at the land where they were going. On the following day, when the people who were standing on the other side of the sea saw that there was no other boat there except that one which his disciples had entered, And that Jesus had not entered the boat with his disciples, but his disciples had gone away alone. However, other boats came from Tiberias near the place where they ate bread after the Lord had given thanks. When the people therefore saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they also got into boats and came to Capernaum, seeking Jesus. And when they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Let me give you some context to this story before I tell you the title of my message. You see, if you don't pay attention to this story, you won't understand what's going on here. Jesus should not have caught up with them so soon based on where they left him and where they were at the time. That was the first issue. The second issue was that when they got into the boat, the Bible says they they got to the land they were going immediately. That's issue number two. The third problem here is that the people that were looking for Jesus, when they came back and they computed the timeline... They said, it's not reasonable that you are here at this time. How did you get here? (laughs) So that's what we want to try to resolve today. The title of my message this morning is Pick Your Ride. Pick Your Ride. You see, I'm one of those people that prefer elevators to stairs any day. If you ask me, would you take the elevator or the stairs? I'm like, is that even a question? You know, I know you want to close out the ring on your watch and all that other good stuff, but you will meet me in the room when you're done. Okay, that's the way I am. I just prefer, I prefer elevator. I can do other exercises, but not stairs. I would take the elevator any day, anytime. Remember when we were, we were in the apartment building that we lived in before, uh, my kids would always say they wanted to go through the, the, the stairs rather than the elevator. Uh, but what they didn't understand was that going up, uh, going down from the elevator, is one, from the stairs is one thing, but going up is a different experience. So they will come down through the stairs, and then when, we, when we're down and we're coming back, they'll say, oh, I want to go up with the stairs. And I'm like, you go with your mother, I will meet you in the room. Uh, and then when they come into the room, they're like, I'm so tired, I'm so tired. I'm like, do you know we live on the eighth floor <laughs> of this place? <laughs> so it is elevator over stairs any day, any time. Because who you're with determines how you travel. And how you travel determines how you arrive. I'll say that again. The person that you're with determines how you travel. I don't have time to go into that. But how you travel determines how you arrive. I, I remember when I was working with one of my bosses then, um, I mean, the only boss that I really ever worked with, and he would, he, he would go to places to speak. And there was one particular place that he went to speak. It was for the Shell Group, like the oil company, right? And they have money. You know that they have money. Uh-huh. 
the car that they came to pick him in from the airport, I had never seen that kind of car in my life before. <laughs> I was sitting in the car, I'm like, am I in heaven or am I in a car? <laughs> yeah, so who you are with determines how you travel. And how you travel really, really determines how you arrive. So if we go back to our text, we'll find that we see Jesus and the disciples. The Bible says immediately they were on the other side. The people noticed that the timeline of Jesus' moves did not add up. And it took them all evening, the Bible tells us, to get that far. While all the while he was on the mountain, but he still caught up with them while walking on water. Is somebody tracking with me? Yeah, you need to be awake for me to interpret this to you. So they, they, they looked at everything and they said, how was it that this guy was able to get here? And now the one that really, really blows me is that, how do you get into a boat and immediately be on the other side? Matthew gives us a better picture of what really happened here. So let's look at the story in the, in the book of Matthew, chapter number 14. We will use the New Living Translation just for some clarity because sometimes in the Bible when you see things like the fourth watch, you have to be able to interpret that so that you can understand it. It says from verse 22, Immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. After sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Don't miss that. Night fell while he was there alone. So it was probably in the afternoon. He went up to the mountain by himself to pray. He sent them away. The Bible clearly tells us that while he was still on the mountain, night fell. Are you tracking? Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land. So, so they were no longer on the land. They were far away from land, which means they must have been halfway in the water at this point. For a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting heavy waves. Then he says in verse 25, about... Three o'clock in the morning, which is the fourth watch of the night. So Jesus was on this mountain probably from three in the afternoon. Now it is 3 a.m. in the morning. And Jesus came towards them walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were, I, I bet they were terrified. Because there are so many things here to be terrified about. First of all, dude, how did you get here? <laughs> and why are you walking on water? He's not even frozen. Why are you walking on water? <laughs> So they were terrified, the Bible says. In their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. So this was at least a journey that would have taken the disciples 12 hours to get to that point on the water where Jesus met them. But he caught up with them walking on the water. Oh, you will catch it. You will, I'm praying to God that you will catch it. So this was about three to four miles that we're talking about, which is 5.5 kilometers, literally, in our own language today. So Matthew now says in, in verse number 25, if you look at it again, if we go back to the New King James now, we see the language. It says, now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the water. He left in the fourth watch after praying and got there in the fourth watch, almost as if time stood still. So how do I leave a place in the fourth watch of the night <laughs> and appear where I'm going in the fourth watch of the night? Yeah. It's supernatural. It's because time stood still. Then John tells us in verse number 21 of John chapter 6 that they got into the boat and immediately they were on land. It says, then they were eager to let him in the boat and immediately they arrived at their destination. Let me paint the picture. This sea was, I mean, Bible scholars tell us, about 13 kilometers wide. So at this point in time, they were in the middle, which is roughly seven kilometers. So, basically what happened here was that the minute Jesus got into the boat with them, seven kilometers of space evaporated into thin air. 
I said all that to say that somebody under my voice, God is getting ready to compress time and space for you. In this year, 2024, I'm saying that what looks to you like a massive distance, God is ready to compress everything together in a short space of time for you. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. For as many of you that believe that. Acts chapter number 8, you will see something similar that happened to, to Philip here. It says from verse number 39, Acts chapter 8 and verse 39. Now when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught Philip away, so that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. But Philip was found at Azotus, and passing through, he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. This again was a distance of about 30 miles, literally 48 kilometers. That's, that's a 30-minute drive. That's those of you that have been to my house, that's literally the distance between here and my house. Yeah, exactly 48 kilometers. 30 minutes of space. The Bible says he was in one place one minute. The next minute they saw him in, it was not even the next minute. How do we explain that? That the minute he left the place, the next place that they saw him right away was in a place that was almost 48 kilometers away. Something is going on here. The same thing happened with Elijah. Don't forget, we've been reading this in 1 Kings chapter 18 and verse 46. We've been reading it over and over again. And we've been looking at this. He was on foot. Yet somebody who was on chariots, which is a ride that was designed to make man go faster, was able to outrun the fellow who was on the chariot because something happened to him that was supernatural. It's your year of supernatural speed. And the reason I'm giving you all these examples is to let you know that God supernaturally accelerates people. Oh, you are not yet awake. I said God supernaturally accelerates people. Therefore, this year, if you will believe it, you will be divinely accelerated. You will arrive at your destination in record time. Where people left you, they will not meet you there. Oh, I, I wish somebody would say a better amen to this. I said, I declare in the name of Jesus, there is speed on your feet this year. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Look, you can choose to go by effort or you can choose to go with God's right. It's totally up to you. It's totally up to you. Because you're like, no, nah, I don't need that supernatural stuff. I'm just going to do my thing. I'm just going to... I'm just going to do my thing. You know, I can walk. I don't, I don't want to get there on time. It's not, it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. We will be there waiting for you. Okay? And we would have achieved so much more. Where by the time you come back, you will look and say, okay. You know, like I was discussing with someone yesterday. Like, look, look, God doesn't wait for anybody. God's work does not wait for anybody. If you take a stroll and go away and say you are not doing, God will continue his work. You will be the one that come and meet him there. Yeah, where he's going. So, it's good to say amen and be, and be happy about it. But the truth is, there are certain vehicles that God has designed to use to accelerate your progress in 2024. And that's what I came to preach to you this morning. The first one is called holiness. That's the first vehicle. Now, you may think, oh, but holiness, ah, this is an old-fashioned vehicle. Unfortunately, that's what God has chosen, to use to accelerate your progress. Because you will travel faster on the wings of holiness than you will even on fasting and prayer. It's just like the way you will travel faster on a speed train, on a sky train, than on the transit bus. The transit bus is designed to take you through everybody's neighborhood. But the speed train goes from one destination to the next. So you can, you can be there arguing about, saying, well, I'm, I'm a New Testament Christian, I'm a New Testament Christian. I don't argue about it. I'm a New Testament. I'm a New Testament. We will be ahead of you. Obadiah. Let's go to Obadiah and see what the Bible says here. Verse, chapter number 1 from verse 17 to 18. Obadiah 1, 17 to 18. Look at what it says. It says, but on Mount Zion there shall be deliverance, and there shall be holiness. The house of Jacob shall possess their possessions. So, between deliverance and possessing your possessions is what? 
holiness. That is what is holding those two things together. Verse 18 says, The house of Jacob shall be a fire, and the house of Joseph a flame, but the house of Esau shall be stubble. Let's not go into the problem with the house of Esau. The issue here is that you have, to, you have to understand that this is a vehicle that God has chosen that he's going to use to accelerate you. Because you cannot be fasting and praying and still be telling lies. You cannot say you are fasting and praying and still be, you know, you don't call it lies, it's half truth. I didn't lie, but I didn't say the whole truth. You know, it's, it's, you, know one of, uh, you can't be doing that. You cannot be, be fasting and praying and we cannot trust your words. You can't say you are fasting and praying and, and every, your life will look at you and we say, ah, but, 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 but if you are spending time with God, certain things, we should see some, some signs that you are actually spending time with God. Glory to God. I know you are not going to like me in this part of the message, but like I always tell you, my job is to tell you what the Father has te- told me to tell you. I'm not afraid of you. I'm not afraid of you. You can bone, bone, bone. You will, you will laugh in another time, but this is the message for this morning. Because the Bible says, if a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. I like how he puts it in the easy-to-read version of that, of, that, of that passage in Proverbs chapter number 16. Look at what he says. He says, if you, if you live in a way that pleases the Lord, even your enemies will become your friends. Without you having to go and negotiate with them, he says your focus should just be to live in a way that pleases the Lord. Because with this thing called holiness, you can actually negotiate some things with God that church attendance will not give you. That your tithing record, you know there are churches where there's tithing record, where you have to have a book, and you mark, you don't know. Ah, oh, you are lucky. You are so lucky. You are a new generation Christian. There are churches, literally, where, you, where when you say you are a member of the church, you've got to have a tithing book. And you mark every time you tithe, so that they can know whether you are, you are faithful or not. Yeah, so that used to be the thing. But no matter how perfect your tithing record is, I'm saying that some things you can negotiate with God on the basis of holiness... So that church attendance that all your, any other thing will not give you. That's exactly what happened with, with Abraham in Genesis 18. You, you find the story. Abraham was not going to church when God showed up in his house with, with two angels. It was not, it was, all he was doing was trying to please God. That's all he was doing. Let's read verse 17, what it says in Genesis 18. Verse 17, it says, and the, Lord shall, shall, and the Lord said, this is God talking now, shall I hide from Abraham what I am doing? So there are some things you will need to pray about simply because your, 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 your axe is not yet sharp enough. But there are other things that you will not need to spend time praying about. Let me explain this to you. You know that eagles don't fight with ox. You know that, right? Okay, if you don't, spend some time watching some documentaries. You will notice that if an eagle is flying and the ox comes to attack the eagle, the eagle doesn't struggle or try to fight off the ox. Guess what he does? it will carry the hawk with it to a height where only eagles are allowed to fly. So when they get to that height, the hawk will, will start suffocating and it will have to leave the eagle alone. I'm saying to you, there is a place in God that if you get yourself into, your problems will fall off you. You will not need to be shambalaba, 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 show, shambalaba, show. You will, you will just get to that place. Why did Jesus come out of his place of prayer and immediately he was transported to the place of his assignment? without time and space being a consideration. Because he was living a holy life. He was in the presence of the Father. The Bible says he, he, he knew no sin. He who knew no sin. 2 Corinthians 5.21, that's where that is. He knew no sin. So it's not, it's not that you are, you are spending time with God, yet your, your life is not reflecting the fact that you are. If you are truly spending time with God, we've got to see some fruits of righteousness in your life, guys. We have got to see that stuff. You can't be living with somebody you are not married to and say you are fasting and praying. What are you fasting for? 
Go and fix that first. He says, if you come to the altar and you remember that your brother has an issue with you. Now, he didn't say you have an issue with your brother. He said you brought a gift to the altar, but you remember that your brother has an issue with you. Leave your gift there and go first and be reconciled to your brother. Then come back and give your gift. So you come in and you are lifting holy hands. I worship you, I worship you. Yeah, he loves you because he died for you. But he wants your life to be reflecting the presence of God in you. He wants it to be reflecting. Glory to God. So, holiness makes you a vessel that God can use. I've told you just because he loves you does not mean he can use you. 2 Timothy chapter 2, let's read it. 2 Timothy 2, 19 to 22. So it doesn't seem like I'm just talking. All right? Verse 19, I know you are not happy, but you will say amen. Amen? Amen. Amen. Yeah, you say it. God is helping you. Nevertheless, the solid foundation of God stands having this seal. The Lord knows those who are his. And let everyone, how many one? Everyone who names the name of Christ departs from iniquity. It says, but in a great house, they are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honor and some for dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself, so sometimes we pray these prayers and say, God cleanse me, God cleanse me. Huh? Please look at the scripture. What does it say? You've got to do that stuff. <laughs> you are the one who will cleanse yourself. Because the provision to cleanse you has already been made. God is not going to do anything new. You are the one who will now make up your mind that I'm going to get rid of these things in my life. He says, if you cleanse yourself from the latter, you will be a vessel for honor. You will become sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. What are the things you are cleansing yourself from? 22. Flee also youthful lusts, but pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. So let, let it not be said that you are fasting and you are still committing adultery. You are fasting and you are fornicating. That if pastor shows up in your house at, at the odd hour of the night, somebody has to jump out of the window before you come and open the door. You, you are not a Christian. Uh -huh, I'm just telling you, you are not a Christian. So that's the first vehicle that God wants to use to transport you this year and for the rest of your life. It's called holiness. holiness. The second one is obedience. Are you picking your ride yet? The second one is called obedience. I've spent some time preparing you for this, so I won't take too much time on this one. Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 19. It says, if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Because obedience, obedience accelerates your progress, but disobedience will slow you down. A journey of three days can literally become 40 years because of disobedience. Exodus chapter number 13 and verse 17. It says, then it came to pass, when Pharaoh had let the people go, that God did not lead them by way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. For God said, lest perhaps the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. So God led the people around by the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea. And the children of Israel went up in orderly ranks out of the land of Egypt. So sometimes it is fear that makes you disobey God, and then that disobedience delays your progress. Can I say that again? Fear will make you disobey God. And when you disobey God, your progress will be delayed. Sometimes the way of acceleration is full of challenges. It's not usually one smooth ride. And if you don't let God prepare you, then it will have to make sure that you are avoiding that. And by avoiding that, it can take you through the shorter route. Are you with me? We've talked about it. There are three kinds of instructions that will be coming to you this year. 
the scriptures is the elementary general one for everybody. That's everybody's instruction. There are some instructions that are coming to the, to the body that he has told us this year. There are some things that he will reveal to you specifically. There are some promptings. Now, I want to talk to you about today the, the kinds of disobedience because we have talked about this one. So let's talk about what are the, the kinds of disobedience that you need to specifically avoid. The first one is disobedience to God. Deuteronomy 28 verse 2, And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Everything can be prepared for you in Christ. If God says turn right and you go left, you will miss it. It's not because God did not prepare it. It's because you did not obey the instruction. That's the first thing. The second kind is disobedience to authority. Now, this is something that God impressed on my heart so strongly this year. And I, I know that these things are not things that people talk about a lot anymore. Because some people have abused it. But the, the word of God does not change. Because there is the counterfeit of something is actually proof that the original exists somewhere. So, apart from your, the, the God that you, you say you have a, a relationship with God, you and God are, are paddy, paddy, paddy. You talk directly. You have open line to the Father. I know. But there are people that he has placed in your life that are supposed to help you get to where you are going. Saul of Tarsus had a supernatural, no, spectacular experience. <laughs> That's what we said. It was a spectacular experience. He saw the Lord. He had a conversation with Jesus. Yet, Jesus referred him to a human being to continue his journey. So Jesus did not say, I'm going to come down and mentor you by myself because you are so special. You are the, Paul is going to you know, write all these books of the Bible. So I will do the mentoring by myself. No, he's not going to do that. It will still refer you to other people who are going to lead you into your place of purpose and destiny. And what the mistake many Christians make is that they, they, they disobey those instructions. Because let me tell you, if all the instructions you are getting from an authority figure are convenient instructions, they are not coming from the throne of the Father. I'm telling you, God is more interested in your becoming than in your living in a nice house or a nice car. He's more interested in what becomes of your life. Acts chapter 9 verse 17, And Ananias went his way and entered the house. And, lay, and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you came, has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Question, why didn't Jesus open his eyes? Why is it Jesus referring him to another person to go and lay hands on him? Why? Look, don't forget this same Paul, later on, they had to give him a turn in his flesh because of the revelation. So imagine if Jesus did not refer him to any human being. Ah, we will not hear a word. Ah, Paul will say, me. Me that I communed with, the, with Jesus like this. Me. But he had to do And if you go and read that story later on, you will see he had to be sent, verse 19. Keep going there. Let's read it. So, so when he had immediately, so when, when he had received food, he was strengthened. Then Saul spent some days with the disciples at Damascus. So he had to come back into the body of other believers so that this is not all about you, Paul. It's not all about you. It's, it's, it's a collective. So the, the biggest issue with Christians that are found these days is they want to be in church, but they don't want to be told what to do. You are practicing something else. That's not Christianity. Christianity is discipleship. Did you hear what I said? All right. That's what it is. Oh. Don't let anybody deceive you. Uh -huh. All this pampering Christianity, I'm not for it. I'm not for it. I'm not here to build a mega church. I'm here to raise disciples. Disciples. Oh, people that you can, I mean, little things that are not even, not even nobody's telling you who to marry. They're just saying, read your Bible, pray every day. <laughs> and and you're are, you are angry. Are, oh, you're telling me what to do. You're telling me what to do. Yeah, you're like Fimidara. 
Second Chronicles 2020. I, I, I think I put that there too. Second Chronicles 2020. Let's keep going. I think. Is it First Chronicles? Second Chronicles. No, that's not it. Is 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 sec, is uh, the second part of it? Keep going. Keep going. The second part of it. it says, "Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God. That is one thing, and you shall be established. Believe." is prophet, and you shall prosper. That is step number two. So there is the place for everyone. There is the place where you and God, God will tell you what to do. There is another place where you, are, you have been put in a body because you have things that that body needs. And that body of believers have something that you need. The most valuable players to a coach are not players who tell the coach where they want to play, but who can play wherever the coach tells them to play. I've told you guys, look, I've done, there's nothing oh, in church. Oh, I've been in choir. You don't believe? Oh, ask them. Ask the old-timers. When I want to sing, is it a lie? When I really want to sing, you will hear it. It will come from a place, a place of power and grace, and I'll flow in the spirit. <laughs> but I don't attempt it all the time, <laughs> but I've done it before. I've done ushering. I've done protocol. I've parked cars. I've cleaned. I've done children's church. There's nothing, because I'm here to serve and I'm not here to dictate what, what I would do, but what is it that you need me to do? My pastor always says this thing that anytime he goes to preach for a pastor, what he wants to know is, how do I help you interpret the vision that God has given you? So he's not coming there to come and preach his own message and feel, let everybody know that I can preach. My pastor can preach. Oh. Ah, Pastor Poju, or your mother, he can preach. There are some days I listen to him, and I call my wife, I say, this man can preach. Like, ah, why, why, why? This man, is it only you? Let like, give us some of this thing now. He can preach. But he says anytime he goes to a church, what he is after is not the, the last revelation that God gave him. Is that what was the last thing you preached in your church? What is it that I will say that will help you? And he says every time he does that thing, sometimes he will be preaching, the pastor will be crying. Because what he's saying is the desire of his heart. It's not that you come and you come and be doing all this. No, I'm, where, where I'm coming from, I was the pastor's right-hand man. So don't put me in ushering. I don't know I'm an usher. I'm an, but that's where the need is. I'm not an usher. No, I want to sit beside the pastor. So if he needs anything, I can, I can tell him. Can, that's, that's my job. I say, okay, go to the children's department. That's where we need people. No, I'm a preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Give me the pulpit. I'm the preacher. I hope with these few points of mine, I'm trying to make it light, but this is a problem in the body. It's a big problem. Everybody wants to do their own thing now. Nobody wants to be told what to do. But we are part of an army. Ah, okay. Finally, disobedience to parents. He says this is a sign of the end time. The fact that people will become disobedient to their parents. They don't want to. Nobody, they, your parents are the first authority that God has put over you on the earth. The very first ones. Not even him. He put you inside that family so that somebody can tell you what to do. Because you don't know what to do. You say, but, 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 but I'm 14. But I'm 14. So tell me what to do. I'm 14. Second Timothy chapter 3. Let's read it in the Bible. Second Timothy 3. I know I'm coming at you today, but it's how God told me to share the message, okay? Next week, we'll go back to laughing together. Verse 1. He says, but know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers. These are the rides you don't want to get on. Disobedient to parents, unthankful, 
unholy. Verse 3, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers, traitors, head strong, head strong, head strong. It says lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness but denying his power and from such people turn away. These are the rights that will take people backward in 2024. You are not being enlightened, you are going back. Because God is not going to be able to accelerate you if you are on any of these trains. And the one that I'm stressing this morning is this issue called disobedience to parents. Not how, no matter how old you are or how young you are, it, it applies to every single person. When you become older, I've told you before, when you get older and you are no longer being told what to do by your parents, you still have to honor them. Which is that whether they are there or they are not there, they are, when you are making your decisions, it is because of honor now, not because of fear that they are going to discipline you or do whatever it is. But there is a stage in your life where you listen to your parents. Whatever they tell you is what you do. I was telling the men yesterday, if I was a, a, a young man who, who was doing, I just want to do whatever I like, I'm, just, I'm 14 now, I'm 15, I can do anything I like. I didn't even learn how to drive until I could afford a car. So I, I didn't try to take my parents' car. Still, my younger brother did that. I didn't try to take my parents' car to say I want to, you get what I'm talking about? It's not because of anything, it's honor. It's honor. So, so I'm not, I'm not, I'm, oh. I wish I had time, but let me manage my time. Finally, the third vehicle of acceleration in 2024 is called faith. Faith to trust God in this year, 2024. You need it. Hebrews 11, verse number 6. Hebrews 11, verse 6. It says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Again, we have talked a lot about faith in the, in the last weeks. Okay, uh, but I want, to, I want to zero in on an aspect this morning and focus on it. Again, when I'm done with this one, you will not like me. I know you're already angry, but you will not even like me more. <laughs> Proverbs 11 and verse 24. Let's go. Proverbs 11, 24. It says, There is one who scatters, yet increases more. And there is one who withholds more than is right, but it leads to poverty. Look, beyond... <laughs> Beyond disobedience to parents and all of this that I'm talking about, you see, the hardest thing huh, for believers in, in 2024 to do is to be generous. And I'm not even saying that you have, you have a little. I'm saying compared to the rest of the world, you are in the top 3%. You know, they say if you earn more than $1 a day, you are up there with everybody. <laughs> you are not even in the poverty line. Though. That's what I'm saying. Though. Today, I want to show you stories of people who, on the, on, the, on the ordinary, we should look at them and say there's no reason why this person should be giving anything. But I'm telling you that the vehicles that God has chosen, to, the, the, God's methods of acceleration don't make sense. They actually don't make sense because the way up with God is down. 1 Kings chapter 17. There's a lot I want to say, but I'm constrained. I'm constrained. They used to say, uh, 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 blessed are those who keep to time for they shall be invited back. For me, you are, you are stuck with me. I will just invite myself back next week. 1 Kings chapter 17 and verse 9. It says, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. What did God say to him? See what? I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. Pay attention to that. Now let's jump to verse 12 and see, and see this widow that God commanded. Let's hear what she said. So she said, As the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread. Only a handful of flour in a bean and a little oil in a jar, 
And see, I'm gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son, that we may eat and die. So the scenario is, God told Elijah, go to this widow, I've commanded her to provide for you. Elijah got to the widow and said, God commanded you to provide for me. The widow said, say what? <laughs> say what now? <laughs> no, I didn't hear God. <laughs> I didn't hear God. But you can miss it. Because the problem here is, anytime God is telling you to give out of the little that you have, you will not hear it. Oh, perfect example. I didn't even mean to say this. It happened this morning. So as there's, there's a, you know, you know, apart from cars, I like watches. If you're ever confused about a gift to give me, just go and buy Hublot or some very nice watch, okay? Now, I have, I have quite a number of watches. Some of them I've worn just once. Some of them worn multiple times. You can write on social media, that's your problem. I like watches. So this morning, there's a watch that I have that I've only worn once. I like it because of the source that it came through. So I always keep it. I, I don't wear it anyhow. So I said this morning, it will be a contrast to my swag. I'll just wear, ah, to be very nice. And I planned it in my head. This morning, I, I brought out the watch, and I put it on, on my wrist. As I put it on, and I was about to go, God said, you are wearing the image's watch. Take it off, pack it up, and when you get to church, hand it over to him. <laughs> I said, say what now? <laughs> say what? The problem is, we don't listen. Yeah, I could have said, ah, but God now, but God, I've won it. I've won it once now. You won't... Uh, you won't, you know, and we, we rationalize it. Then we begin to explain it away. God said, I have commanded her. But the widow said, I don't have. That commandment is you and God. I don't have. Then by herself, she said, I don't have bread, but I have a little flour. So you had. The problem is, to her, this is too small to give away. My $5, my $10 is too little to be given in the offering, so I won't give anything. You are blocking God from accessing your finances. That's what you are doing. Not because that $5, $10 will change the church, or will change it again. My pastor used to say one story about how there was one fellow in this church. All these stories are coming now. You are adding to my time. You are adding to my time, because you like my stories. He said there was a, there was a fellow in the church, when the church was still growing, that anytime, anytime he gives, his offering used to change things. You know people like that? that if he comes to church and he gives, the next week, the pastor will go and buy new speakers. If he comes and he gives, the pastor will buy new TVs. So the guy understood that, ah, my offering is doing wonders. So he went to the pastor and started negotiating based on the offering. I won't tell you the negotiation. Come on Wednesday. I'll tell you. <laughs> so we don't use our giving to negotiate. We don't use it to do any other thing except to obey God. Because that is the way that he has chosen to accelerate us. So if we go to verse number 15 now, and I'm so grateful that she found the courage to obey that instruction. And this was the result of it. Verse 15. He says, so she went away and did according to the word of Elijah. And she and, and, she and he and her household ate for many days. The bean of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. Now, you will think that this was the biggest miracle. Because you will say, ah, how is it that just a, a flour... You know, small that she was supposed to eat and die, lasted them for many days. That's a miracle, but that was not the biggest miracle. Many times, God is just using your finances to test your trust in him, and he's trying to prepare you for what's coming. Later on, this same widow, her son died. You don't remember that? So this was not the, an issue of flour. There are other ways that God could have provided for Elijah. 
He sent he, Elijah to her for this specific reason, that there's coming a season in this woman's life where she will lose a, a child, and she will need faith. The only way I can put faith in her heart is to take something from her that, that is precious to her, so that her trust can become inside of me. Oh, look, look. I'm telling you, there are stuff that are coming in 2024. Saying, but why do we have drought in the confession? There is drought in 2024, that's why. But your own testimony is that you will stand in this year and you will say the drought is over. How you will get there is what I'm teaching you. So it's not there will not be challenges. No, there will be challenges. But you know me, I don't focus on, I'm not a prophet of doom. I don't focus on challenges. If there will be earthquake, there will be, that's your problem. It's, it's not coming near me. Uh-huh. But the issue here is there are challenges that are coming. You may not fight Goliath, but you have your own giants. There are challenges that will come that you will need faith for. The way God will build that faith in you is that he will tell you what that one that you say is this to bring it. So that you will, you will stand like this. Eh? I, I always tell them, when we started this church, there were, there were weeks that I would stand and be preaching the way I'm preaching now, with, with passion, with fire, screaming. Maybe there are two or three people inside the room. I will be shouting like this. I don't know where the next rent will come from. It's like you are walking on water and you are floating like this. Anytime, line look, I just come now, come and kick us out of this place. But I'm preaching with power and fire because God is trying to build your faith. He's trying to strengthen your resolve in Him, your trust in Him. That your, your confidence is not in your paycheck. Your confidence is not in your job or your, or your RRSP or whatever you call anything that you have. But that it is in God, in the living God. Glory be to God. So that is what He is trying to do. And, and our generosity in the midst of that lack was God's opportunity to build our faith for the bigger challenges that were coming. Finally, this year, the presence of God is going to be your advantage. If you get on the vehicle of holiness that comes from spending time with God, there are some challenges you will not need to pray about. Your prayer points will reduce because you will just see testimonies that you didn't pray for that will be happening to you. Things that, that you didn't even bother to pray about because you are, you are so busy focusing on God that those things just fall off by themselves like scales. Glory to God. So Jesus was transported from his own place of prayer on the wings of holiness and the presence of God. Philip, we saw, was transported on the wings of obedience because he was on mission. Taken from one place literally to the next place of his assignment. Elijah, the same thing, several times on the wings of faith. So this year, as we go this week, my challenge to you is don't let anything rob you of spending time with God in 2024. When you wake up in the morning, I used to tell the teenagers when I was a youth pastor that... Instagram did not die for you. Don't get up from your bed in the morning and the first thing is Instagram. Instagram did not save your soul. Are you listening to me? Don't get up from your bed and before you worship God or before you get up, before you say any prayer, the first thing is, ah, let me check. Let me check my likes. How many likes? Let me check my story. I hope with these few points of mine. I've been able to convince you and not to confuse you, all right? Let's bow our heads this morning. We're going to spend the, 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 the rest of our time making our confession, so I just want to manage the time. If you're here this morning with all heads bowed and all eyes closed, and what you're saying is, Pastor, everything you're saying is, is nice, but my relationship with God is not okay. I know you guys are fasting and on fire, but me, I am way behind. I want to get on this train. I want to begin this journey. You want to amend your ways with God. You want to, to, to fix your relationship with God this morning. If you are in the room, I want to see your hand up. And if you are online, you can lift up your hand as well. We're all going to pray with you. We don't call people out here, but I need to know I'm praying for you. If you are in the room, can I see your hand? God bless you. Okay, everybody, can we say this prayer together? Say, Lord Jesus, I believe in my heart that God sent you to die for my sins. Please say it louder. I confess with my mouth 
that you were raised to life again on the third day. I accept you into my life today as my Lord and as my Savior. Come into my life and do something with it. Say, Holy Spirit, I receive you by faith today. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, I want to thank you for everyone who you have led back to yourself or for the first time this morning that have lifted their hands to accept you as their Lord and Savior or to mend their relationship with you. The Bible says that no one comes to you except the Father draws him. Thank you for drawing those ones to yourself. I ask that you write their names in the book of life and they will never derail from the path of life in the name of the Lord Jesus. For those who are online as well, this same applies to them. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, we welcome them into the family of God and we ask, Lord, that you will lead and you will guide them all the days of their lives in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Come on, believers, let's celebrate for every single person. Thank you for listening to this message from Believer's House. We hope you've been blessed. Please visit us at www.believershouse.church for more information about our church or to send us your questions, comments, and feedback. We hope to see you again soon.